It's easy to see India as divided between the haves and the have-nots. But with so much focus on getting resources, the question of what to do with them after you're done is generally left unanswered. In a country that generates 140,000 tons of garbage every day and has no effective system to deal with it, this might be time to start putting some attention to a problem that can only keep growing. Apply this to the issue of menstrual health and you have yourself a genuine catch-22. We want to encourage women to stop using unhygienic homemade absorbents during their periods, but if we replace those with plastic pads and tampons with no means of disposal, then we're causing as much of a problem as we're solving. And even in urban areas where access to pads isn't a struggle, with so little information out there about effective and safe disposal of sanitary products, how are women even to know that they're harming the environment? So this is the incinerator. So once you're done with your pad, you open this latch, put it in, and then at the end of the day, those worker ladies, the cleaners, press it on and it disposes it off. This is Deanne Domenezes, another inspiring person to add to the list. At only 23, Deanne has spearheaded a campaign called Red is the New Green, which aims to educate girls about the effective use and disposal of sanitary pads. With a small team and a grant from her employer, Deanne was able to set up pad dispensers and incinerators in several schools around Mumbai. Each woman generates about 150 kgs of menstrual waste a year. So now, if the number of women who use pads increases, the waste exponentially increases. And it's like a, it's like a slooming thing. It's right there. It's, it's just lurking in the background. It's not going to... And the more we don't think about it, the more we ignore it, it's, it's going to get magnified even more. And it isn't just the environmental cost Diane is worried about. India doesn't have the infrastructure to filter all its waste, so instead the system relies on rag pickers, people who sort through the rubbish with next to no protection from disease or toxicity. This means that for every used pad thrown in the bin, someone will have to pick it up, unwrap it and sort it, risking all kinds of infections. The whole reason why I focused on it is because of dignity of labor. So you have waste pickers and all. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not comfortable with my waste picker going through my pads and dealing with all of it. And imagine these people in schools do it on a daily basis. They have to deal with hundreds of kids and pads and all. So now once we have these machines installed, those ladies just have to press a button. I have interviewed, I have met a lot of people who do the rag picking thing. Remember Sarika Gupta from the first segment? And if consciously, unconsciously, they end up touching the use pad, the the blood is toxinated, you know, and it, it creates a lot of difficulty for them. They'll all have some of the other sort of a infection on their hands. So we need to sensitize and understand that our things should not be, you know, life-threatening for others. We need to be sensible enough to waste our things in the right way. Sarika puts heavy emphasis on waste management in her education sessions, often using gruesome photos to show the students what can happen to people dealing with menstrual waste. She's also looking into creative ways to encourage healthy menstrual hygiene, but not at a cost to others or the environment. So that's... Huh? These are biodegradable, yes. These are, this is paper. This is completely paper. And... Uh, have you seen cloth pads any time? Um, no, not properly. Do you want to see? Sure, please. Oh, okay. So what happens, these ad agencies, no? they create an illusion by advertising that cloth pads are not good. Cloth pads are good 
if you're able to take care of the hygiene, the cloth hygiene, you know, you're able to wash it properly and dry it in the sun. That they don't tell. So we tell them that you can make cloth pads at home just by, we tell them the different ways of, you know, doing it cheaply, but a good product. And we even uh, show them this thing. Let me just open it. I'll seal it again. This is something they designed for the uh, urban sector. Okay, so this is a plain cloth. They use it and what they do when they dry it outside, it looks like a napkin. So they don't feel shy. And there are other companies doing a similar thing. Akar Innovations is a commercial group and a social enterprise which provides machinery that produces sanitary pads. Hi, my name is Komal Ramde and I am working uh, with Akar for for last 10 months now. So what Akar uh, mainly do is like we have a patented machine uh, which produces sanitary napkins and Akar uh, sells that machines to individual entrepreneurs. The main aim is like to uh, create employment for uh, women in slums, in villages, and uh, also to give them uh, a product which is affordable and uh, environment friendly. Hi, I'm Jared. Hi, I'm Samodhi. We are the co-founders of Akar Innovations. Akar Innovations serves to empower rural women with effective and hygienic menstrual protection while creating livelihood opportunities for them. Akar has a big focus on sustainability too, especially as most of their mini factories are in slum areas, which aren't exactly known for their waste management. We have two types of uh, sanitary napkins. One is the normal uh, sanitary napkin and the other one, which is the primary product. Uh, it's compostable as in uh, it disintegrates uh, into the environment within like three to four months and it, it has no uh, harmful chemicals in it. Aside from the environmental aspect, the social side of pad production is also an important factor. Akar's many factories employ local women who earn a living close to their homes by running the machines. It's a semi-automatic machine. Uh, it produ- produces 2,500 to 22, 22 to 2,500 sanitary napkins per day. So we install the machinery. We uh, tra- uh, we send our people there for the installation and everything. Then we train uh, women, like seven, eight workers work there in shifts. Let your support and together you can make this woman do better and achieve more. In a way, it's almost like menstruation is regaining some of its sanctity. It's not just an ugly thing to be hidden away, but a productive way to make a living. It forms connections, it links women of all ages, castes and incomes. As Deanne puts it, It's a huge, it's a big equaliser. The thing is, see, periods happen to everyone. You might be super rich, or you might be very poor, you're still going to bleed. Like, menstruation is a huge equaliser for women, and once we cover the main step, like, this is the first thing you breach. Once you're okay to talk about your body, once they know this is normal, it is fine. So where have I come to? I've seen periods as inauspicious, then impure, then back to pure. I've seen them as sources of pain and infection, of fear and shame. I've seen periods pull girls out of school or away from motherhood. I've seen them infect total strangers and cause build-up in landfills across the country. But ultimately, I've glimpsed at the ability of periods to connect women across a massively divided country. Schoolgirls giggling in class as they find out the truth of their growing bodies. 
Women and men connecting through NGOs and initiatives to better the lives of millions of girls, rich and poor. Maybe in some ideal India, people will one day look at periods as symbols of other things, things like knowledge, nature and empowerment. Maybe one day it'll be enough to say it's just that time of the month. It's also holy in that it um, reminds us of a very beautiful part of our womanhood. One of my friends back home, her mother is extremely happy when she gets her menstrual cycle. She's like, I am not going to do anything these five days. If a girl is well informed, it won't be a traumatic journey for her. As far as periods, such a beautiful thing like periods is concerned.